This morning, we are going to be emphasizing that we can have great confidence in our relationship to God because we are justified by faith. The key verse is Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, we have supreme confidence in our relationship to God. This particular portion tells us the reasons for that confidence. It's the fruit or benefits that come as a result of being justified by faith. So this morning, the reasons that we can have great confidence in our relationship to God. The first reason why being justified by faith, we can have supreme confidence in God, is because being justified by faith, we are at peace with God. Notice verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. If you are a person who marks your Bible, I would encourage you to circle that little word with, uh, that preposition. We have peace with God. Uh, Note that it does not say we have the peace of God. And one might ask the question, what's the difference between the peace of God and peace with God? Well, peace of God is an inner sense of well-being or of a feeling of peacefulness. It's the inner tranquility of heart and mind. It's described in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard or keep your minds through Christ Jesus. So the Antidote to anxiety or worry or disquietness is to pray, seek God's help, and experience this peace of God that removes that anxiety and gives an inner sense of tranquility. Our text says that through being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Having peace with God is the end of God's hostility against us. We are at peace with God, like two warring countries that come to a place of peace, who have entered into a treaty, have entered into a relationship where war and strife has ended. A key element in the book of Romans is the statement regarding all that has taken place so far. Notice in verse 1, it says, therefore. Therefore is a concluding statement. And this therefore is a conclusion, not merely to what has come immediately before, but it's really a concluding statement of the first four chapters of the book of Romans. It is the ultimate conclusion of what is being said so far. And what has been stressed so far is that mankind is under the wrath of God. It starts with Romans 1.18 that said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So God's wrath has been revealed. Romans 2.5, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath. So it says that, that not only are we under God's wrath, but we're just building that wrath. God is getting more angry with us as day goes by. And ultimately, there's going to be a time in which that wrath is poured out, that day of judgment and that reckoning. And it has, uh, of course, ultimately hell in view. Romans 2.8, but for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Romans 4.15, for the law brings wrath. For the law brings wrath. So notice in each of these chapters, there is a statement about God's wrath and being under God's wrath. But as a result of being justified by faith, we are no longer under the wrath of God, but rather are at peace with God. Notice Romans 5, 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. We are delivered from God's wrath. We are delivered from hostility. We are no longer the enemies of God. God is now on our side. We are at peace with God. So that having peace with God is indeed a marvelous blessing that's associated with being justified by faith as a result of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. For notice verse 1. Therefore we have been justified by faith as we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ bore God's wrath for us. He experienced God's anger against us. That wrath was poured about upon Jesus when he died on the cross. Before we were justified, we were enemies with God, Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Now we are brought into his family. Now we are reconciled to God. What's important to keep in mind is that those who are not justified by faith still abide under God's wrath. Roman, uh, we saw that in our call of worship this morning, John 3:36. Whosoever believes in the Son has life. But he that believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides or remains on him. The person who is not justified by faith is not at peace with God. That person is not brought into a, a relationship with God. That person is actually, the scripture says, abiding under the wrath of God. That is a fearful thing to think about this morning. And so we can rejoice if we have trusted in Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior because we have peace with God, meaning that we are no longer in this hostile relationship with God. The second reason that we can have supreme confidence in our relationship to God as a result of being justified by faith 
is because our continued relationship to God is based on grace. Our continued relationship with God is based on faith. Our relationship with God begins as a result of God's grace. Or we enter into a relationship with God by grace. Notice Romans 5.2. Though we have been <coughs> through him, we also have obtained access by faith. That is, through Christ, we have obtained access. That access is to, is to God by faith. The uh, NAS translates this, through whom we have obtained our introduction by faith. So we have been brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ by grace through faith. Grace being unmerited favor. We are brought into this relationship with God by grace. That's why we are at peace with God. Because we have this grace that's been given to us through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is significant here is that our relationship with God is not only begun by grace, but it's maintained or continues by grace. For notice Romans 5.2, through him we have also obtained access by faith, and now these words, into this grace in which ye stand. The grace in which ye stand, meaning that our standing is one of grace. So we are brought into a relationship with God by grace, through faith, and once we are in that relationship, we stay in that relationship by grace. We continue in that relationship by grace. So our standing on our relationship to God is based on grace. Our relationship to God is not maintained by works after we have been saved. No, our relationship to God continues to be based on grace. In uh, <clears throat> Romans 3.24, it said, we are justified by his grace as a gift. <clears throat> Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works. So what this is saying is, is that our relationship with God continues on a basis of grace, not on a basis of works. Our relationship with God is not maintained after we're saved by grace by now doing good things and achieving God's favor by our obedience. But not only we entered into that relationship by grace, we stay there by grace. So that our relationship to God is based on grace through faith from the beginning to the end. Listen again to the words of Romans chapter 1. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. From faith to faith, meaning from beginning to end. Our relationship to God is solely through faith by grace. From beginning to end, we live by faith. We are given life by faith, and we continue to live this life by 
faith. So it's all about faith. Then thirdly, the third benefit of our being justified by faith is that we can boast of our confidence in our relationship to God. Let me say that again. The third benefit of our being justified by faith is that we can boast in our confident relationship to God. Romans 5, 2. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Another word, if you want to circle, that's very important in this text, in, verse five, in chapter 5, verse 2, is the word rejoice. Rejoice. King James says, exalt. The word that is translated here as rejoice would be most literally translated as the word boast. And uh, I would encourage you to think about it that way and even put that in your margin. To boast in hope of the glory of God. The thought here is that since we are justified by faith, we can boast confidently in our, uh, in our relationship to God. Grace gives us reason to boast. Now let's go and review to where we've been so far. Um, it's tough to keep this stuff all in your mind, I know, as we go through this week by week. But turn your Bibles back to Romans 2. Previously, the Jewish people were boasting in their relationship to God as a result of their works or merit. Notice Romans 2.17. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God. That word boast is the same word that's found in our text for the word rejoice. They were boasting in their relationship to God based on their works. They said, look at me. I have this wonderful relationship to God because of my righteousness, because of my goodness, because of the life that I am leading. But they fell short. Romans 2.23, you who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law, but they sinned. They had no reason to boast, for they had no relationship to God because they were relying on their goodness and they had sinned. So we find out that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Now notice Romans 3.27. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By law of works? No, by the law of faith. So faith excludes our ability to boast. We can't take pride in ourselves for what we have done, for we're not saved by what we have done. We're saved by grace. We're saved by this gift of righteousness that God provides. So there's no reason to boast. Now we get to Romans chapter 5, 
verse 2. And it says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice, prefer boast. It's the same word that's found in this, this text. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We have confidence. We can say, yes, I have a relationship to God. But it's through faith. It's not through my goodness. And it results in the glory of God. Which stands in contrast to Romans 2.23. You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. So they were boasting in their relationship to God, and they were dishonoring God. For they were boasting in the wrong reason. They were boasting in themselves, they were boasting in their righteousness, and they were living unrighteous lives, and they were dishonoring God. But we boast, not in ourselves, we boast in the grace of God. That's our confidence. That's where we're putting our eggs in the basket. It's in God's grace, through faith. And so we boast and say, yes, I have a relationship to God. And that brings glory to God. The other brought dishonoring to God. This brings glory, for it attests to the goodness and grace of God. Now we get into something that's even deeper. And that is, we can boast in our afflictions and what they produce as a result of being justified by faith. Now hang with me, because this is a little tough, but this is great stuff, believe me, when you get to the end. So Romans 5.3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Same thing here. Circle rejoice Put boast, okay? We're using the same word. We're boasting in our sufferings. King James says we glory in tribulation. There are troubles, sufferings. I've chosen to translate it as afflictions. These are hardships and difficulties of all kinds that come into the heart and mind and life of the believer. They can be physical sufferings, they can be persecution, they can be hardships, they can be difficulties, they can be mental anguish, they can be poverty, uh, there could be physical ailments. These are afflictions, hardships, difficulties, sufferings of any kind. Of any kind. And this text says we can boast in our sufferings. We can boast in our afflictions. Why? The afflictions that we face are consistent with our standing in the grace of God. We can be sure that these afflictions are not coming upon us as a matter of God's anger towards us. We know that whatever trial we are facing, it is not because God is unpleased with us. We are at peace with God. We are accepted by God. God delights in us. God has reconciled us to himself. We are his children. Therefore, Whatever difficulty, hardship, 
struggle, persecution, you name it, that we are going through that is unpleasant, it is not because God is angered with us. He poured out his wrath against our sin in its totality on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't question your relationship to God based on your circumstance. And say to yourself, my, God must be displeased with me. Look what I'm going through. No, you are at peace with God. Now notice how this unpacks. First, afflictions produce steadfastness. Romans 5.3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance. Steadfastness. The ability to hang in there. Steadfastness produces integrity, verse 4. And endurance produces character. I've chosen to translate that as integrity. Integrity, genuineness, authenticity, virtue, faithfulness. And why I like the, the word integrity is because it speaks of soundness. When we think of integrity, there's two aspects to integrity. Two ways you can use that word. Integrity can refer to this moral character of which we are genuine, authentic, real. Okay? Integrity also can refer to that which is sound or whole. We, we talk about a bridge's integrity, meaning that that bridge isn't going to fall down. It has no cracks in its foundation. But if the, the, the bridge is sitting on a cracked foundation, it doesn't have integrity. It could fall at any moment. What is produced in us through these hardships and difficulty is integrity of character and wholeness, producing in us what God would have us to be. For notice, the third characteristic is integrity produces additional hope or confidence. And endurance produces character, character produces hope. 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 Not wishful thinking, but an expectant confidency. It's a upward spiral. And verse 5, hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not put us to shame. What this passage is telling us is that our afflictions, our hardships, our difficulties, our diseases, our persecutions, anything that is negative in our thinking that's coming into our life is not Shameful. There is no reason to be ashamed by that. Now you say, well, what are you talking about? Well, the Jewish mindset was, as it is in many people's mind today in the health and wealth gospel, is that if there is something in your life such as a disease or a hardship or a difficulty, it must mean that you're out of a relationship with God. If you had enough faith, you wouldn't have this disease. If you were faithful to God, he would never, ever bring this hardship. It's only going to be wealth and prosperity and blessing. And so there's reason to be ashamed. If you're going through this hardship 
You should hang your head. And you should say, God, what have I done? Why do I deserve this? Or you may ask the question, why am I going through this? What have I done to deserve this? Why am I experiencing God's judgment upon me? And the answer is you're not. You're not. You're not. The afflictions of God are not against the idea that he loves us and is graciously providing for us. They're not a result of our sin if we're a child of God. Remember the story of Jesus with his disciples and they see a man who is blind. Remember what the disciples said? Who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he is born blind? Why has this happened to him? Who sinned? Was it he that sinned or was it his parents that sinned that he is born blind? Remember what Jesus said? Neither, but that my power and glory might be displayed in him. He had a good reason, and that was to bring honor and glory to God. And it wasn't his sin or his parents' sin that caused this to happen. Job's friends were convinced that Job had to have sinned for all these terrible things. And I hope you know the book of Job. I, I hope that, that you can put this together because I don't have time to unpack the entire book of Job. But remember all that Job is going through. All the sufferings. He lost family. He lost wealth. He lost his health. He lost everything. He's sitting in a heap of ashes with boils that are oozing, scraping them with a broken potsherd. And his friends are saying, confess your sin, Job and you'll get better. Admit your unrighteousness. Admit your unholiness. And Job said, no. This hasn't come upon me because of my sin. This is not because of something that I have done. And we all know that it wasn't anything that he had done. In fact, it was quite the opposite. God had looked upon Job and there was not a person as righteous as Job on the face of the earth. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there was no one like him, no one is righteous? Satan says, oh, but the only reason he serves you is because of everything you give to him. Take those things away, and he will curse you to your face. And God says, go ahead and take them. Not for anything that he had done, but because he was righteous and holy. And those things were taken from him. And when they were taken, Job's wife said to Job, curse God and die. Why do you maintain your integrity? Same word, I love it, integrity. Why do you keep your steadfastness? Why do you keep your character? Why don't you just throw in the towel? Why don't you just give it in? And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Job knew that the afflictions were not a result of his sin he knew that it was not a result of God's displeasure against him. So he worshiped God in the midst of his afflictions. And those afflictions, though Job was righteous, though Job was more righteous than anyone on the face of the earth, so says the word of God, even through those afflictions, Job learned 
endurance. Job learned character. Job grew in his relationship with God. And the end of it all, when all these things were ended, and God revealed to Job why these things were happening, Job said this faithful and incredible statement. He said, I have heard of you with the hearing of my I have heard of you with the hearing of my ear, but now my eye sees you. Job said, I had heard all these things about you and your character, and I have believed them, but I've come to experience them in a way that I never understood them before. Job learned to appreciate God even more fully in all that he went through. And because we have peace with God and stand in our relationship to God by grace and grace alone, therefore, whatever comes into our life knowing that God is at peace with us, knowing that my standing is solely by grace and not my works, I can have confidence that this is for my good and this is for the glory of God and this is for his purpose and I can boast in my affliction. I don't have to hang my head in shame. I don't have to search my soul and say, what did I do to deserve this? but acknowledge a sovereign God at work achieving his purposes, which is Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to them, the call to God according to his purpose. Now, I'd like you to turn with me to Romans uh, chapter 8. Romans fits like a glove. All of Romans works itself together. Uh, Years ago, in the uh, turn of our country, uh, in the early days of our history, uh, when men went to law school, uh, law was taught from the Book of Romans. Uh, Lawyers were learned to argue a case by studying the principles of the Book of Romans, how to provide evidence, how to build a case, how to demonstrate truth. Romans was used as a way to to learn how to develop an argument. And so, Romans developed slowly. And one of the things I'd encourage you to do, if you can, take the time and just sit down and read Romans beginning to end. 16 chapters, they'll probably take you about an hour, an hour and a half. But it'd be well worth it. And it so wonderfully fits together. And i like to show you how this is brought to a conclusion in Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Here is the ultimate application of what is just, the seeds are being sown in chapter 5. They, they, they sprout and bear fruit in Romans chapter 8. What should we then say to these things, okay? What's the conclusion of all of this? And there's so much more. But here's the ultimate conclusion. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's this aspect of being justified by faith. And we have peace with God. He's for us. We're on his side. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? Graciously, <laughs> undeservedly, unearnedly. We stand in grace. Graciously give us all things. Who shall bring any charge to God's elect? Who's going to bring an accusation? It is God who justifies. God has declared us righteous. Who can find fault? God won't. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is at the separate, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Okay? So Christ isn't going to find fault with us. Now listen to this. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Okay? What, what is going to demonstrate that Christ does not love us anymore? Okay? What is it that is going to show that Christ has thrown in the towel? Christ has said, I am done with you. Away with you. I now, now find fault with you. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Notice verse 35. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, Danger, sword, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> no! This is a demonstration of God's love for us. Don't question God's love for you because of your circumstances. Don't question God's love for you when Hardship and difficulty comes, even when death comes, even when persecution comes. Don't question God's love for you. But God commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. His love is found in Jesus Christ. And his love was given to us even when we were yet sinners. God loves you if you are justified by faith. You stand by grace. Nothing shall be able to separate us. Now back to Romans 8.37. No, in all these things, mere more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we find that that is a two-way street. Nothing will separate us. We have been brought into a relationship with God and nothing can tear us out of that relationship. And because nothing can tear us out of that relationship, that means that God is not angered with us when hardship comes. And that means that he still loves us and he gives us the ability to conquer, which means we will still love him. Even as Job and all that he experienced when he went through it, did not raise his fist and say, God, I was innocent. How dare you, God, do these things to me? I didn't deserve it. That wasn't Job. Job said, I have heard of thee with the hearing of my ears. Now my eye sees. Now I understand. Now I get your love for me. Now I understand your care for me. 
As we go through these things, we find out that God is there upholding us, strengthening us. We find out we're at peace with God. We find out his word is true. Afflictions produce grace within us. We can have confidence this morning in our relationship to God because we're justified by grace through faith. We're at peace with God and God's at peace with us. We have this standing in grace. We haven't begun by faith and now maintain this relationship by our good works. Our standing is always in grace. That maintains the right relationship with God. It's our faith in Jesus Christ. Our acceptance is in him and him alone, now and forevermore. It always will be our acceptance with God. And no matter what comes into our life, if we are a child of God, we can say this is a product of his love. So many passages. Just comes to mind, John chapter 11. When Lazarus was sick, they sent word to Jesus. And Mary and Martha wanted him to come right away. And then we have that incredible declaration. And that was that he waited three days because he loved them. <laughs> because he loved them. You'd think because he loved them, he'd run right there and heal Lazarus. But it says because he loved them, he waited for Lazarus to die. Because he was going to show them something that no one else would see, and that is the resurrected power of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was going to do a work in them that was greater than the healing that they wanted. It was going to be a greater blessing to them that he waited than if he went. By faith we accept that the afflictions and hardships and difficulties that come into our life are a product of God's grace and his love and for us are a good thing. He has a reason He's achieving his purpose. And it may not even just be for us, but like Job or like Joseph who was sold into bondage. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Maybe it's for the person who lies in the hospital bed next to us. Maybe it's for our grandchildren so that they see God's faith to be real. That they see their grandparent and how they face death and understand that the gospel is true. But brothers and sisters... We can boast this morning and have complete confidence in our relationship to God because we're justified by grace through faith. It's our trust in Jesus Christ that saves us, not our goodness. We can boast this morning because our standing is one of grace. That our relationship with God is maintained by grace. It's not our goodness. And this morning, we can hold our heads high. And no matter what we are experiencing, we can leave here and say, but God loves me, for I am his own. He loved me even while I was a sinner, and Christ died for me. Nothing shall be able to separate us from his love for us. And nothing can destroy my love for him. Because he makes us more than conquerors. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. People will try to destroy our relationship with God. 
People will try to rip us out of God's hand. You know, the whole point of persecution is to try to get people to turn in their relationship to God. But we are more than conquerors. Not that we never die. Not that the persecuting sword never hits our side. But we are conquerors because God keeps us in love with him. Fox's Book of Martyrs and how people went to the flames singing and praising God. Children, Columbine, young girl that refuses to discredit God and stands firm for God. God makes us conquerors. We can boast in our afflictions. Let's pray. Almighty God, I just thank you. I praise you for your grace and your goodness. I thank you, O God, that we're saved by faith, and that even is a gift of God. I thank you that our relationship with you is maintained by grace, and there is nothing that is able to separate us from the love of Christ. Even these afflictions and hardships and difficulty, but they produce character. They produce hope. They produce confidence. They produce experience in our lives that demonstrate the reality of God's love for us and his provision and his care. So, Lord, give us confidence this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I want to apologize, people. I know I got loud. It's a bad habit I have. I get excited. When I get excited, I get loud. So, forgive me. Forgive me. But these things stir me. Our God is worthy of praise.